All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Minority Mavericks. This is Angel Leon, your host. And this is the show where we tell the story of every single minority entrepreneur, founder, and investor of this world. And in today's show, I have the pleasure and the honor to have Alicia Castillo. And she is the founder of Wealthing VC Fund. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being um, you know, on the show today. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're a BC person, so um, I really appreciate you having here and sharing your story with, uh, with our listeners. But you know, just to kind of start from the very beginning of things, right? Uh, can you share your, your journey with us, right? Uh, your background and a bit about all those investments and that journey that led you to found wealth in BC? Uh, yeah, well, I am an unusual investor. I grew up in in Venezuela. My parents were socialist, and uh, I was socialist for a long time. Very, very uh, interested in nature and in science. I grew up in a little town called El Limon. It's not even in the map. I also lived in Acariba, which is a rice region, uh, when I was, you know, very, very young. But I grew up literally in El Limon next to a, an amazing rainforest. And, uh, and I became a scientist at a young age. I presented my first research paper when I was 16, understanding how viruses is transmitted in plants. Um, I worked for 15 years as a researcher, and then I joined Bayer and Shell as head of product development. And that was my entry point into the business world. One of my students took me there. And then after that, I decided that I needed to understand business. You know, my, my boss at the time told me, if you want to change the business world, change it inside the business. Don't change it outside because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're doing. And he was right. right. He was absolutely right. Uh, I then took a, a year off. I took a sabbatical and I managed an opera house, self-funded sabbatical. That was a lot of fun, especially coming from deep science. And right. uh, I moved to Boston. I um, unfortunately. There was a bank crisis in Venezuela at the end of my, uh, my self-funded sabbatical, and I lost all my money to a bank crisis. And I moved to Boston with uh, my two kids. I came to the U.S. with two kids and two boxes, and all wow. I could bring was $600 and two, and two suitcases, too. Um, did my MBA here, went to work in Switzerland, came back. Uh, I did my MBA at Babson College in uh, in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, that's when I discovered entrepreneurship. And so I went to Perfect. the library. I printed 140 countries. I started crossing down, and I decided to go to Chile. And in Chile, I started the first Center for Entrepreneurship because I know entrepreneurship is the way to make progress. And then I realized two years later that entrepreneurship without capital doesn't go anywhere. So I created the first seed capital fund, and Perfect. we were very successful. And then, um, and then I left the country and I continue moving. So after being in Silicon Valley for a few years and, and investing um, profusely in early stage companies, I realized that the companies didn't have enough funds to continue their growth. And so it was kind of stupid. It's like having a baby and then taking care of the baby. And then when the baby is five, you send it to the world and say, okay, go fend for yourself. So. I thought, let me just restart again. Um, I came to the idea of having a fund because I saw after investing uh, in a lot of early stage companies, I saw that we were not doing a good job. This is like we put a lot of effort in a company when they start. It's like having a baby 
And then when you're four or five years old, you show them the door and say, go and fend for yourself. Uh, and there was not enough growth capital that was good capital. So I decided to do that for the companies that I've invested and the companies that I did not invest before, but they were creating a huge amount of value for society, not only for investors, but also for society at large. They were creating good jobs. They were creating better quality of life. And I decided to do a fund because of that. So at the fund, we invest in growth. That's pretty much what we do. There's a lot of people investing in early stage. We invest in growth. But in in your world, right, you you probably, you know, of course, you're from from other country as well. So you have this global perspective as well. Um, how do you ensure diversity and inclusion uh, that uh, to be an inter inter integral part, right, of your investment choices? And what steps do you take to support these underrepresented and underestimated entrepreneurs in your portfolio? You know, that is a fantastic question. I love it. Uh, and there's one thing that I am very, very firm about, and it is just because you're underrepresented doesn't mean I'm going to invest. So I have a high bar and you need to meet me at that bar. And one of the problems that I see is that a lot of people are condescending. They're condescending to me as well. So I'm a Latino woman. And, uh, and they're condescending. They don't tell me the things that I need to hear to make my business better. And that has created a vicious circle because then what happened is that you don't get the feedback that you need. Therefore, you don't get the improvements that you need. Right. Whereas if you are a white guy, people have absolutely no issue telling you things that you should hear because they assume that you can take it. An underrepresented founder right. has more thick skin because we are so used to being rejected and discounted. But we just need to hear mm -hmm. the things that will help us improve, not the things that are, are, are said to us because the expectations that we're going to do something amazing are very low. So that is the first thing. So I, I wrote a, you, you might want to edit it, but, but I'm very strong about this. I wrote a, an article on LinkedIn called Think Like a White Man. And okay. what, happens, it, what happens is I see that because the feedback that we get as underrepresented founders or investors, because I'm an investor, the feedback that we get is constantly discounting the capacity that we have to do things. And for example, I have a fund and people assume okay. that because I'm a Latino woman, I invest in Latino women. And I invest in Latino women in things that people perceive Latino women do well, which is cooking and cleaning and makeup, which right. that's not my area. My area is biotech, but that's the assumption. The assumption is that I only invest in women. The assumption is I only invest in Latinos. Those are all wrong assumptions. I invest in good business models. But it is such a difficult thing to break the stereotypes. Right. And we, the one thing that everybody can do is hold an underrepresented founder to the standards that you hold anybody and do not discount them because subconsciously you're discounting their goals, their ambitions, their value. That's why I love being in the postcard. This is, this is amazing. That's the first thing. The second okay. thing, this, the second thing is that I'm a firm believer in diversity and inclusion. And there are two types of 
diversity. There's a visible diversity and there's the invisible diversity. And what, what we mean by that is that we need to create this space where people feel respected and appreciated. We need to create that space because if we don't create that space, we cannot reap the benefits of diversity and inclusion. Right. I don't like having teams that are only women, only men, only Latinos, only Muslims, only Blacks. I don't like those. Only gays. I don't like those teams because we need to be able to include other people in our meetings. We need to be able to talk to them and they need to be able to express their opinion without feeling uh, diminished, discounted, uh, you know, undervalued or or uh, laugh at because their opinions matter. Right. And it's in, in that conversation that uh, we we do magic, really. We we do magic by having diverse conversations. When when I see teams that are uh, of companies that we invest in, when we see teams that have no diversity, we expect them to have a diversity policy and we give those companies the tools so they can start implementing those things. One of the things that I learned when I was living in Australia was uh, positive incorporation. And what this person said to me was that for any particular job that you are hiring or that you are creating and people are growing in the company, there has to be at least three candidates that look very different. Okay. And, and that is what we do. So that is one of our policies. We have a very okay. diverse team at the fund and at the club. The club is very diverse. Um, and you want to make sure that those, po those people that are different to the, the, the main characters in your organization have a place where they can thrive. And that's how we nurture diversity. All of our companies have a diversity mandate because we have a diversity mandate. And I think, okay. uh, at least in Silicon Valley where I am, it's very common that uh, the, the founders of startups come from Stanford because it's right here in my backyard. Um, but then I say, well, what happens to the company? What happens to the people that don't come from Stanford? How are you going to bring right. the best people? How are you going to bring people from Latin America or from the Middle East or from Africa or from Asia, how are you going to bring these people in? Mm -hmm. and, and that is the recurrent question. Is if you are investing in a company because they are underrepresented founders and you don't give them the tools and you don't bring diversity to the teams, that's not working properly either. Right. Yeah, definitely. And um, we were actually with one of our other guests in the show, we, uh, we were talking about specifically about that that you know the diversity it's also a misconception sometimes in the sense that you know diversity is diversity right it includes everyone it doesn't matter your color your background um and and you know like you mentioned uh, about these groups right there's, there's vcs for for Latinos, there's VC for Black people, there's VCs for people of color, right? Um, and and of course, it, it does seem that originally these groups, right, started to form each, uh, together just to kind of support, right, that specific group, um, which is amazing, right, and and and, and it's great. Um, but I truly believe that um, there's there's another perspective of just diversity that that you know VCs shouldn't necessarily 
focus just on black people or just on latinos right and and it should and if we're we were we're the ones talking about diversity then it should be diverse right <laughs> and it, it should be everyone included um but also it's interesting because the this other person was actually um as well uh, had this global perspective that you have right so you've lived in different countries you come from a different country um and you have that global perspective and it's interesting that you two actually have that same share mentality in the sense that even though you're both latinos as well um you don't think that you should necessarily just focus on latinos and that there should be always a standard right it doesn't matter whether you're uh, whatever color you are right there's always a standard because you know at the end of the day you're still a businesswoman right uh and and this is this is your this is your life um so you you have to protect what what's yours as well and i just found that very very interesting uh that similarity you know in terms of that mentality um so it's really really um nice to you know just hear that and be able to compare that uh with other investors uh minority as well like like you like yourself um but um I've read, you know, a lot about you two um, in different articles. I, you know, you pretty much like everywhere in terms of, you know, you're a leader, right? In philanthropy, education, and as a as an educator yourself, and the the, the wealth in institute, right? How how does that contribute to a more inclusive entrepreneurial landscape, right? And then, what strategies do you employ to address the, uh, these diversity gaps? in um in education right particularly in these uh, minority individuals wow that's a very very deep question um because i've lived in many countries uh i i had to develop uh i wouldn't call it a thick uh, a thick skin but uh, because i lived in different countries i had to understand how to fit in, not to feel rejected constantly. And then what ended up happening was without knowing, I was developing what is called an internal locus of control. And to summarize summarize what internal locus of control is, it is the perception that it is two things. The perception that your destiny is defined by your actions, not by your circumstances. And also, it is the notion that the opinion you have of yourself is more important than the opinion others have of you. Okay. I bring that to our training constantly, constantly. Because also, if you look white, and I look white, if you look white, people would put you in a pedestal. People would assume that you don't have any problems. People would assume that everything is easy for you. And people would assume that you have the authority to speak, mm-hmm. whether you have it or not. And that creates other sets of problems for people that feel um, that they're not there. And then we have, and we all know, uh, people, even public figures, who, because they're white guys, they act in a way that is bullying to others. They don't even realize that, but it's because the society has pushed them into right. that, that pedestal that they have not earned. 
Then the other people, the, the people who weren't born there, and I, in, in that bucket, I also include uh, the white guys that were born very poor, because I, I know white guys who have been brought up in, uh, by homeless parents or parents who are very, very poor. And so they don't fit. They don't feel that they fit. So one of the things that we do in our training is we focus on developing internal locus of control. Nobody can do the things like you can do. They can do the things like they can do. But you have to bring your own diversity and your own uniqueness to the world. You have to develop that filter where the opinions of others are not going to get into your brain. Okay. And, and the best way that I say that, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's kind of a joke, but I do say that to the people to their face. I don't need to buy into your insecurities. Mm-hmm. The reason why you don't think that I can do the things that, I, that I'm doing is because you discount me because you've never met anybody like me. But I'm sure you have. The, the real issue is that you haven't seen them because you have your own filter. That is your insecurity. It is not my job to solve your insecurities. So you need to go and think about how you view others that don't look like you so you can have more diversity in your life, which is also more exciting. Definitely. 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 And, and, you know, we, we see this right in, in all industries out there. Um, and, you know, spe- specifically right in the startup world is, is very, very obvious, right? Um, again, one common denominator in this, in this show, it's, is basically access to, to a lot of different things like resources, uh, right. Capital, uh, even just access to people and be able to meet with people, right. Uh, people discount you just, uh, just by the way you look right. And automatically Absolutely. either by the way you look, or sometimes even your, your background and your educational background as well. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a measure, right. And I struggle with that myself. I don't have necessarily a degree from a big university. Um, and, uh, but that, I don't feel that that makes me, you know, any less capable, uh, than anyone else <laughs> right out there. Uh, just because, you know, um, I don't come from a big university, you know, I still, I still did a couple of master's degrees. Um, I'm a veteran. Um, I've been in the startup world now for about 12 years. Um, so I feel that, you know, I have, I have what I, what it takes to, to make it <laughs> right. And, and my educational background should get in the way of that. And again, a lot of, a lot of those, uh, or the same common denominator that, that, that you can see in the show is, you know, that access that, that you're also, you know, kind of talking about referring to. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I uh, love to, yeah. Sorry, I, mm-hmm. I just need to I just need to caress your ego. I yeah. love the way you phrase it because you know only a person who has struggled can admire somebody else's struggle because I know yeah. how hard it is. Definitely. But if I come from a from a background where I never had to see that, I cannot understand the value that you have, the 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 brave bravery that you have. My daughter was a foster mom to four kids that were black. The bravery of those kids is immense. And yeah. but if you have if I had never had that experience uh with them, I would be at a disadvantage understanding how somebody who never went to college is 
capable of doing such amazing things just because for me, where I grew up, college was free. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. That's, uh, that's you know, one of the main disparities for sure. And just, you know, the main things that, I don't know, for, for some reason, people just use right away to discard someone. And, and yeah, sometimes, you know, you don't even get to, to be heard. <laughs> and that's like one of the main, you know, it's, we're in 2024 now, right? And, and just to not allow someone to be heard, just because, you know, of your background or whatever, to me, that's just, you know, mind blowing. Like, I don't, it, I can't even comprehend that. Um, but in, you know, obviously, I'm sure that, again, you have an extensive career. Uh, you've made a lot of investments in your life. Um, you've found, you know, founded uh, different companies and funds. And uh, you've been involved in so many different projects, right, aside from, from that VC world as well. Are there any specific challenges that you have personally faced uh, throughout your journey? Right. And any lessons learned from, you know, your journey and trying to foster this inclusivity in the ecosystem? Uh, yes. You know, I'm, I'm in my 60s now, so I, I have a lot of, uh, I would say, wisdom from past experiences. A person asked me recently, uh, how do I select investors for my LPs and for my club? And if there's one thing that I appreciate in people is kindness. So that has to be a defining quality in all of us is kindness. It's not being nice. It's being kind because we've never walked in somebody else's life. Um, in my worst moments, uh, I have appreciated the kindness of somebody else. And, you know, I came to the U.S. as a single mom with two kids. So I never expected anybody to help me because I grew up in Venezuela and, you know, you just sort of figure it out. And we slept on the floor. We, um, I wouldn't call it struggling, but it was funny. We, I told my kids, we were in Boston, I told my kids that um, people in America were so bright that they could talk. And when they talk, their vowels would form. And that's how they learn how to read and write. And they believe me. <laughs> they, you know what the, the reality was? It was so freaking cold inside. <laughs> I also told my kids that people in America didn't have beds because they, the rug was very thick. And, um, and of course, my kids were little. And uh, as an immigrant, you don't get invited until, until they know each other. And I didn't let my kids go to anybody's house because I was... I was very uh, concerned about being, you know, being a mom and you don't know the people. Mm -hmm. So then my, my kids started, and, and, but they said, but we did have beds. And I said, yeah, but it's in the tropics. You know, here people don't need it. So the, the <laughs> capacity to use your humor, to laugh at your own things, is very refreshing. The capacity to be kind to others and not to be judgmental is very, very refreshing. So those two things are human qualities that are very valuable. But there's one more thing that I was talking to uh, a, a friend of mine who is a family office. He's, he has a, a ton of money. He's very uh, generous with his uh, time and, and money. And we were talking about spirituality. Now, I grew up very religious. I'm not that religious anymore. But you have to find in your hardest times 
you have to find something that holds you together. Mm-hmm. And wherever it is, and I think that is lacking in people today. Very easy to talk to you. I've never met you. Very easy to talk to you. Very easy to be egotistic and say, oh, I know. I have figured it out. But the reality is that you, we, we as humans, we have to find something that holds us together when we are alone. Definitely. Who, who are we? I, I was in coma when I was 13. So I always wonder, who am I when I'm no longer here in time and space? And just having sort of that spiritual reflection that doesn't have to be religious. It's just right. it, it, that, that I think um, was critical for, for the many times that I didn't know if I was going to be in the streets with my kids. I didn't know how I'm going to buy food tomorrow. Uh, I'm worried. Did I make a mistake? How could I be? So, well, and it goes into how could I be so stupid? Uh, just being kind, not only to others, but to yourself. So I think those are, you know, being kind is very, very important. Um, and having that, that sort of spiritual ground that uh, you're important, you're worthy, you're here for a reason. Life is a gift. Let's make the best of it. And not use anybody else's measure of success as your own measure of success. Very powerful. And, and you know, I agree that it's all about, right, not necessarily a specific religion or none of that, right? It's it's more about, like you said, you know, your own your own self, right? Minority people, they all have, we all have different type of religions, right? We share um, a specific common goal, right, in mind anyway. But at the end of the day, we come from different backgrounds, different cultures, we eat different foods, right? Um, and, and I feel that's the beauty of, of it all, really, um, you know, which is uh, another thing that... that I was uh, talking about with uh, another person um, a while back was just about the the impact that it had in me when I was in the Navy and I traveled the world with, you know, with the military and I was a young, a young person, right? And um, mm-hmm. during my, those developmental years of just, you know, becoming an adult, right? I traveled a lot and I saw a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different food, different type of poverties out there as well right and yeah. that alone just you know made me i don't know it just made me a better person in terms of you know understanding others uh, understanding others problems um you know uh, i was i was joking you know that our problems here in the u.s for example is that we complain that netflix raised our subscription for two dollars or something like that right yeah. and those are the things that we complain about here and while you know over in some other country in the Southeast Asia or somewhere, right? They're, they're struggling with just getting clean water to drink. And it's that perspective of things that really that help me appreciate, you know, diversity a lot more. Uh, and it helps me appreciate people a lot more. And at the end of the day, you know, yeah, business is business, but we're all in the people business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And even in this country, there's people who are, I mean, you go to San Francisco, they're homeless people Mm -hmm. and they have a value. And uh, even in this country, I mean, you don't have to go that far either. There's foster kids. I mean, there's a lot of things. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I read in San Francisco not too long ago, something about the homeless people there and uh, some event that was happening and then people were like kind of asking themselves where they put the homeless people because uh, the 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 city decided to basically clean up the city for that event 
and yeah. that meant removing you know pretty much all these people and then but where did they put them <laughs> uh is the question right um and yeah it's a little it's scary you know to, to just to hear and see those things at the at these you know at these times but you you have you have different backgrounds um again you know just with your everything you've done right uh, bio, biotech is one of your main ones right of course finance and, and vc world and all that and you have all these unique experiences um how had has these unique experiences of yours right influence your approach right to support these uh, the various uh, the various entrepreneurs and founders out there uh you know many not all but many of the vcs are number crunchers uh, I have I have a PhD in finance to try to understand that, and uh, I can do the numbers. Uh, but in order to be a good investor, you have to be a good business person. The notion that somebody has to lose for you to win, it's outdated. When we create wealth, and that's why the names of my institute, my, my uh, umbrella companies are all wealthy, because when we create wealth, we share it. There's no way to create wealth just to keep it to yourself. Right. Uh, but there's a way to be rich and keep it to yourself. There, but to create wealth is different. So I think that all of these experiences help me uh, be a great investor for various reasons. First and foremost is because I have the people's interest I heart. The people include the founders, but I also invest in companies that create good jobs and they provide uh, good rewards for the hard work of the employees. I take care of the entrepreneurs, not only financially, not only by investing in the companies, but one of the reasons why we don't take board positions is because the type of deep conversations that we have, that we have to have when things don't go the way we think they're going to go, we cannot have if I'm on the board. Okay. And, I learned, and I learned that by being on the board right. and, and understanding that there's some fiduciary responsibilities. Um, the fact that we create the space where a founder can call me pretty much at any time and we can have a deep conversation about a problem or a challenge without being judgmental is priceless. That is the reason why a lot of founders want us in their cap table. That's the main reason. Okay. The second one is because we have a lot of experience in business and because we have that approach of taking care of business, we can open a lot of doors, not only other investors, but I chances are that I or somebody on my team would know a company that can buy or can sell to the founders that we support. Okay. Yeah. And so that that is just an ecosystem more than mm -hmm. investing in, in one thing. Right. And we make money on the way, but it's it's not only supporting the founders, but we support the ecosystem. And we hold people accountable if they are mistreating others. We do that too. I love that. Yeah. Like a venture studio of the sorts, right? Where it's an all-inclusive where, you know, you guys don't just support by just giving, you know, these founders money, right? But it's, it's a, you guys are also making sure that your investment, right, goes into the, into the right place, no? Yes, yes. If we, if we don't 
so in the, in the angel investing community, there's a name, uh, there's a quality for that. They say, well, we want to see if the founders are coachable. Mm -hmm. I don't like that term myself because I think being coachable, when, when you assume being coachable is like, okay, I know and you don't know, I'm going to give you that. And that's a vertical relationship. Uh, I prefer horizontal relationships. Uh, so what, I, what, I, what we do evaluate before we invest in a company is, are we willing to work together? Is this founder accepting the offers to make introductions before we make an investment? Is this founder or the CEO, because sometimes it's not the founder, is this executive, let me put it that way, if this, is this executive open to suggestions without being defensive? If is this founder or executive or CEO uh, going to tell us their opinion because they feel safe and they value our opinion? So right. that is very important for us. Otherwise, we don't invest. We don't invest in people who just want our money. Go and find the money somewhere else. There's a lot of places where you can find money. I, I hear your point, you know, it's more just that, that founder that likes to, to listen and just, you know, kind of teamwork um, rather than just, you know, I'm just looking for the money just to build this and, you know, get out of my way type of thing. Uh, yes. I've, seen, I've seen a lot of those founders in, in, you know, in the, in the industry for sure. Yes. And you know what, Angel, it goes back to being a woman Latina. Yeah. And people don't realize it. So I, you know, sometimes I tell people, you know, if I was Bill Gates, you wouldn't do this. Or if my name was, I don't know, John Smith, you wouldn't think that way. So that, that's why I wrote that article, Think Like a White Man uh, and Behave Like a White Man, because we're constantly being discounted. Uh, more, more than being listened to is having a conversation that leads to value creation, mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. And, they, they, and, you know, and, and the founder can tell me, well, no, that's not the way it works. It works this way, or this is why we're doing it this way. Um, and that's part of accepting diversity. Well, you have a diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I, I, I always say, and I'm, I'll keep saying is that, you know, we, as, as minorities, we're, we're more creative than other groups, uh, just because of, you know, how we've had to navigate, right. Uh, different challenges that other groups haven't necessarily had to navigate, um, and that makes us more creative, right? That makes us think outside the box more than your typical founder, for example, because we, you know, the, the challenges that we see are, are 10x versus the challenges that they see. Um, so we're always shooting for that 10x. We're never shooting for, <laughs> for, for the 1x here. We're always shooting for that one uh, because we programmatically, we think like that as well sometimes, right? And we think that we have to show more, right? Um, or prove more than others uh, in order for us to put our foot in or something, right? And, and I feel that that's just, you know, part of, of the upbringing, right? And, and just that um, isolation of, of minority groups uh, in, in, all, in every industry out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, this was, uh, this was great. Uh, very great, uh, Alicia. I, I really, really loved your your history. I love what you know your mindset um, in in all this in all these topics of diversity and inclusion. And and I love how you know you're also, of course, doing your part of, uh, of uh, the work, right? Uh, of trying to bring a more inclusive ecosystem, uh, not just you know again 
grouping Latinos and grouping black uh, founders and group and grouping people of colors and LGBTQs, et cetera. But it's more about connecting all of these groups together um, and then actually creating that diverse, you know, ecosystem where we can all have our part in um, equally. Right. So I truly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to express those opinions and for asking such interesting questions. Thank you. Thank you. And um, Alicia, just one, one last thing um, before we, we go here, um, you know, looking ahead in the future, um, do you have any future plans for yourself personally or professionally? And, and then, you know, would you give, if you have one piece of advice to give to one uh, Latino woman out there, what would that be? Oh my goodness. Um, just believe in yourself. That that is you. You don't have to do things the way other people expect you to do, and don't let somebody else's insecurities get into your head. That is their problem. That is not your problem. Just always, always, always recommend. I, I wrote a book called "Falling in Love with Your Life," and one of the things that I mention is that the biggest value that we have in life is the opportunity not to just fail, but to fail and rest and then get up. Not Just don't fall and get up without analyzing what happened. Right. Um, okay. But uh, no, I think, I think it's just believing in yourself is the most important thing. And a lot of people won't accept that. Okay, nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, that's, you know, main, one of the main things, right? It's, uh, it's about that that self-consciousness, uh, right. And believing in yourself that you can, that you can do it. We can do anything we can. And we set up ourselves to do. Um, and you know, even if you are again, a minority person out there that's listening, I know that there's people like Alicia and there's people, um, that are willing to help that are willing to, you know, look at you as you as a person and not you as a Harvard graduate necessarily um and you know they believe that we all have ideas right that are are willing to be heard and are willing to be listened to um and and you know we all really appreciate that of course because that's the main thing and that main the main work that we should all try to be doing so we can all help each other um so again alicia thank you very very much for being on the show today and to everyone out there that was listening this was minority mavericks and this is angel lee on your host and this is the show where we tell the story of every single minority entrepreneur, founder, and investor of this world. See you next time.